Welcome to Pursuing Biblical Masculinity, a podcast where we explore God's Word to uncover the disciplines we need to live out our faith. Our heart is to help men not just know Scripture, but give them the tools they need to put it into practice. So whether you're a longtime believer and you're looking to grow deeper in your faith, or you're a new Christian and you want to build a foundation on biblical truths, you're in the right place. As we work our way through the final section of the Sermon on the Mount, Today we find ourselves on the topic of false teachings. This can be a area where there's a lot of debate. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't want to believe that the person they've been following or the doctrine they've been believing does not actually align with scripture. But dealing with false teachings is nothing new. It's something that's been going on, honestly, since the first century. You know, we had the Gnostics, uh, those who were pushing this, this new way, this deeper spiritual understanding that was taking the gospel and twisting it to, to human uh, needs and desires. Then you had Pelagianism, which essentially made us equal with God in the role of our salvation. Then you had the corruptions with the Roman Catholic Church, which led to the Reformation. You had the different things going on during the Reformation with different beliefs and systems and fusings of doctrine. Um, and then in our more modern times, you have things like you know, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, the influx of progressivism and liberalism into Christianity, which has uh, turned it into something that Christianity is not. Uh, and then you've also got the veins of prosperity gospel. All of these things are not biblical teachings. All of these things are teachings of man who have taken God's word and have twisted it to meet their own specific needs. The amazing thing is, is that Jesus knew the heart of man. He knew the sinfulness of man. He knew that we would need a filter to discern these things. And one of the roles of a man in, in a family is to be a spiritual leader. In order to be a good spiritual leader, we need to understand what we believe and have someone speaking into our lives that is sound doctrine, that can teach us God's word that can produce, as we'll learn today, good fruit in our lives so that we can take that fruit and then go and feed our family. So today we are in Matthew chapter 7, and we're looking at verses 15 through 20. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So, Every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you recognize them by their fruits. In verse 15, Jesus begins to open up saying that, that false prophets are wolves in sheep's clothing, and not just any kind of wolf, but a ravenous Wolf, a wolf looking to devour and to destroy. The issue with false prophets is sometimes it can sound good, it can look good, and it can even feel good for a moment. But like anything else that's deceptive, anything else that's sinful, it leads to death. It leads to complete destruction. If that wolf is walking around in around sheep, the one goal is to destroy the sheep. There's never been a wolf with the intention of hurting and nurturing sheep. 
And so it's important for us to understand who we're allowing to speak into our lives and what we're allowing to fill our minds with. We have to learn how to recognize false teaching. And this is why understanding the word of God is so important. If we don't understand the word of God, we don't know how to filter these things. It's an essential part of our lives. It's For centuries, the Bible was not available to common people. And it wasn't until the Reformation and in the many, many men who gave their lives in order to translate the Bible in common languages. Uh, now today we have an influx of Bibles. I mean, most of you probably have more than one in your house today. Um, but how often do we read them? How often do we study them? How often do we take time to really know God's word? And I know this was something I didn't do for years. I took it for granted. And I followed the teaching that I heard without testing it. And, and I'm not saying that all the teachers I, I've heard were false teachers. A lot of them were really good teachers, but it, they are also men who make mistakes. And, and we have to be able to filter everything we hear through God's word. Right teaching will always produce godly fruit. And what the scripture means by that is, is when you listen to somebody's teaching, we need to not just hear the words, but we need to look at the practical impacts of their teaching. What is their teaching producing both in their lives and also in the lives of the people who are following them? And we may be asking ourselves, well, what fruits? Well, thankfully, the Bible also tells us what godly fruit looks like. Uh, we have these things called the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit aren't things that we go out and try to do. Through the Spirit is a byproduct of the way we live. When we live according to the Word of God, our life produces these fruits. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You can find these in Galatians 5, 22-23. So, we listen. We're always listening. But then we have to look. We have to examine and we have to see what are the practical impacts of these teachings. So there are these group of people. Uh, Paul came to them on his way to Athens. And they were called the Bereans. Uh, and he gave them the gospel message. And they have this beautiful model for us in Acts 17 of, of how they took the message. And they deciphered whether or not Paul was, was teaching the right way. Was he teaching the truth of God's word or was his false teaching? So Paul comes in to them and he begins to share the gospel with them. And it says that they received the word with eagerness. So one thing we have to do, we have to listen. We have to be aware to listen to the people who are speaking into our lives, listen to the people who are speaking into our family's lives. And we need to discern. We need to be aware, be attentive and not just, oh yeah, whatever, they're listening to this or that. Know what's going on. Listen. Uh, the second thing they did is it says they examined everything they heard against the scriptures. So they listened with eagerness. They, they, were, they were attentive. Uh, they were excited, a lot of them, hearing these things like, wow, this sounds really good. And then they went and they compared it with scripture. They compared it with the Old Testament, what they knew about the prophecies of the coming Messiah. And then they allowed the scripture to dictate and shape their belief system. They, they listened to the gospel. They saw the fruit that Paul was producing. They allowed the scripture to set the truth for them. And I think that's a very important thing. It's very hard to change your beliefs. It's very hard to shift your worldview sometimes. But as Christians, as believers, especially Christians who are growing and always uh, learning to, to trust the Lord deeper, uh, we have to even be aware of our own um, intentions. We have to be aware of our own 
belief systems that have built up over time, and we need to allow Scripture to have the final say in what we believe. I've had to go through this a number of times in my life where I've been challenged with something from a teacher. Um, and as I've looked at the Word of God, I said, you know what, they're right or they're wrong. So I need to stop doing this and I need to start doing that. And you can always look at how someone lives. Always look at the fruits they produce in their own life, but also in the lives of the people who are following them. And the Lord gives us this warning because he knows it's something we're going to have to battle against. The gospel, it doesn't just change our, our thoughts. It doesn't just change where we go to church on Sunday. But it changes who we are. It takes us from someone who is apart from God to a son. It takes us from somebody who is uh, worthy of death to someone now who is called righteous. We do none of this. This is all through the power of God in Christ who became that final sacrifice, who atoned for our sins. And then it changes how we treat and act others. We begin to display the fruit of the Spirit. We begin to love unconditionally, not because we have the capacity to, but because God, through Christ in us, gives us that strength. It shifts our entire worldview from a worldview of self-centeredness to a worldview of Christ-centeredness in all we do. And we need to use that to filter everything we hear, everything we allow in our families, and test it against the Word of God. So as we wrap up today, I've got a few questions for you to think about. In uh, the first one is, who am I allowing to speak into my life? And follow it up, is this producing good fruit in my life? Or is this producing bad fruit in my life? And again, does the teaching that I'm hearing stand on the truth of God's word? And lastly, how can you use the, the model of the Bereans by listening with eagerness examining the scriptures and allowing God's word to dictate what you believe to align your past beliefs, your current belief system with that of the Lord's. So a word of caution, I'm not telling you to go and uh, tell your pastor he's wrong or, you know, we're all, we're all human here, but I am telling you to constantly test it against the word of God because we're, we are human and we do fall short. So show grace, show love, show mercy. Don't have this belief that everyone around you has an evil intention. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people do. But test it against God's word and allow him to discern in your heart what you're to do. As I've said many times, we're not meant to do life alone, working alongside one another and building uh, relationships with other men who you can be fully honest with, open with, and allow you to bounce ideas with. So another thing the Bereans did is they did this in community. So they weren't just going off on their own and making their own decisions. They were testing in scripture, and they were going back and talking to one another. Uh, this is a really great model of discipleship, coaching, mentorship. And that's what we do at reformedandredeemed.org. If you're interested in learning how uh, Christian mentorship and coaching could impact your life, contact us today at reformedandredeemed.org and sign up for a free discovery session.